Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. Hot candid yams. Mouth-watering collard greens. Moist mashed potatoes. Buttery beans. Steaming, seething, southern fried chicken. Appealing apple cobbler. You getting hungry yet? These foods, they tease our eyes, don't they? Tantalize our nostrils, and they tickle our taste buds. And like other foods, they help to keep our bodies alive. But we are more than body, aren't we? We are soul. And Jesus Christ, the master chef, said that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, it is written, it is written that man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall a man or woman live and have another quality of life. Our soul needs a special kind of food. And that's why we are beginning this series on Psalms for the summer. And we're going to be covering several Psalms throughout the summer. There are 150 of them, but we're not going to cover all of those. We're going to cover Psalm. Today I want to begin with Psalm 1, the very first Psalm. And here is the sermon in a sentence. The secret that really is no secret is this. Your relationship with the Bible, that is the divinely inspired written word of God, will determine your level of satisfaction, inner satisfaction, whether it's high or low. That's the sermon in a sentence. My relationship with the word of God will determine my inner satisfaction, whether it is high or whether it is low. And we're going to take a look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I'm only really going to focus on verses 1 through 3, but I want us to read it together in unison. And to do that, we're going to pause at every comma and colon and park at every period so that we can read it in unison. And since it's the Word of God, we're going to read it with vim, with vigor, and... All right, let's read the Word of God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the... No, stands in the... But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. He shall, that brings forth his fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall 
The ungodly are not so, but are like the For the Lord knows the way of the Amen. Here the psalmist is revealing to us the not so secret to inner satisfaction. That is so that the outside pressures of life will not become the inside stresses of the soul. And he essentially says it takes two things. One, who you're hanging out with, and two, what are you thinking about most of the time? Verse one, blessed is the man or woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, people who leave him out of their thinking or lower him to their standards, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Who are you hanging out with? Verse two, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. As in that law does he or she meditate, meditate, meditate day and night. What are you thinking about most of the time? Because that will determine my level of inner satisfaction versus frustration or stagnation. So the psalmist is saying when I hang out with wrong people and I have wrong thinking, then that's temporary satisfaction. But when I'm hanging out with right people and right thinking, that's lasting satisfaction, inner satisfaction, no matter what is happening around me, I can have this idea of what he calls blessedness. You know why colleges like us to stay on the campus for four years? Because they recognize that who I hang out with and what I think about most of the time is what I will become. Even criminal gangs know this. They want you to stay on their turf because they know who you hang out with and what you think about most of the time is who you will become. And so it is the psalmist is saying to us. Jim Ron is a motivational speaker and he has said this, you and I are the average of the five people that we hang out with most of the time. That is just a summarization of what the psalmist is telling us here today. So who are you hanging out with? I remember when I used to hang out with Charles Ray and Benny Boo and Blue and Clint and uh, Skinny and Scrub. You know all those guys, right? And they would lead me into some wrong areas and make some bad choices. And then I had to change who I hung out with. Who are you hanging out with, the psalmist says. And then what are you thinking about most of the time? Because that ultimately is going to determine whether the outside pressures of life become the inside stress of your soul. And so he says, blessed is the man, or it's blessed is the man or the woman. This term blessed in the Hebrew and the Greek has this idea of inner happiness despite what's happening on the outside. The Greeks would call the gods of Mount Olympus blessed because they were unimpacted by what was going on earth. And so they would often wish that I could be like a god 
and be blessed. The island of Cyprus was a hot vacation spot in the ancient world like we have vacation spots today. And people could say, if I could just leave the rut and routine of my daily life and just spend a few days on Cyprus, that blessed island, then I can recharge and be better from the stresses of life. They call Cyprus blessed. They were even called the dead blessed because the dead were no longer impacted by what was going on around them. This idea of blessedness doesn't mean you're sticking your head in the sand. It means that I have an inner happiness. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water, the psalm says, so that the outside pressures of life do not become the inside stresses of my soul. So whether circumstances are favorable or they're unfavorable, I can still have this inner happiness. Let me give you a modern day illustration. How many of you have a car? And air conditioning, heating, most of us do when it's working. Let me give you an idea of what blessedness is. Now, I'm in my car, and I cannot control the weather. But when it gets too hot, I can control what happens on the inside, and I turn on the air conditioning. Or when it gets too cold, I can control what's on the inside, and I turn on the heat, even though I can't control the weather. That's what blessedness is. God has given us a thermostat in our soul, and we can regulate the temperature of life when we are guarding who we're hanging out with and what we're thinking about most of the time. And I don't know about you, but I've learned and lived long enough to know I cannot control people's actions, but I can control my reactions. I cannot control the weather of life, but I can regulate the temperature in my soul. And I do that by my relationship with the Word of God. This is a cause and effect. It's not automatic. The psalmist says, I can have this blessedness, but I have to guard who I'm hanging out with, and I have to guard what I'm thinking about most of the time. And in his law does he meditate, she meditate, meditate day and night. And so let's talk a little bit about my relationship with the Word of God. No matter where you are on the spiritual continuum, beginning your life of following Jesus or matured or maturing in your life of following Jesus, we all can improve our relationship with the divinely inspired written Word of God, which leads us to the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And the psalmist says, if I do that, Rufus, you're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Fruit will come in due season. That is, you'll be productive. You will not wither with the storms of life, and whatever you do ultimately will prosper. I want to get to that place. So let's take a look, and we're going to use a hand as our symbol. Now, I am not an artist whatsoever. Don't laugh at my drawing. You have a better hand in your bulletin. Well, I messed that up. I don't know what's the little finger or the thumb. Let me try that again. 
Let's see. All right, we're going to stick with what we got, okay? We're going to let the thumb represent hearing God's Word. We all need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position to hear God's Word. I've got to rearrange my schedule like you've done this morning to put myself in a position to hear God's Word through music, through message, through prayers, because that's what I need circulating in my soul. Listen to what Jesus said, therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not what? For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Same weather. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it what? And not only did it fall, but great was its fall. So I need to hear the Word of God. And we can do that even when we're not gathered as a community. These days, you can get audio on Bible. If you're not doing that while you're reading, I mean, while you're driving or some other time, you can hear the Word of God. Let it circulate. Because your relationship with the Word of God will determine whether or not you'll be like a tree able to stand in any kind of weather. So how am I doing on hearing the Word of God? And then we're going to let the index finger stand for reading God's Word. Reading God's Word. Revelation 1.3 says this, Blessed is he who what? reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy, not just the book of Revelation, but all of the prophecy, and keep those things that are written therein, for the time is near. I need to have a reading relationship with the Word of God. It's easy for people to read other books. Somehow it's difficult for us to read the Word of God. He gave it to us so we can read it. So read it. If you don't have a Bible app, BibleGateway.com, BibleUverse, and other, um, then you should download it so that you can have the Word of God accessible to you 24-7, 365, and can read it whenever you want. Some people believe that if I don't read it every day, then I ought not read. Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Say I'm going to read it twice a week. Work your way up. I'm going to read it three times a week. Don't say I'm going to read it every single day because you won't. And when you fail, then you'll get discouraged. But just set a time to read it so that I am hearing his word and I'm reading his word on a regular basis. And don't overcommit. But there is a blessing. Same word we have in Psalm 1. John said, when I read the words of this prophecy.
Here's the third one. The third one is study. Study. When I study God's Word, I'm basically taking notes. When you read, just read for reading. Just read. Don't try to memorize it. Just read it. When you're studying, you're taking notes. You're underlining. You're circling. However you need to highlight, that's when you are studying the Word of God. And then you get out your concordance, so you get out your Bible dictionary so that you can give more time to that particular name or person or place or definition. You are studying God's Word. Here's what the Psalm, I mean, the Acts says. Then the brethren immediately went, or sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These in Berea were far were fair-minded more than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and they searched the scriptures monthly. Wake up the person next to you. They searched the scriptures weekly. No, they searched the scriptures what? <clears throat> Consistently on a regular basis, they wanted to find out if these things were true. I need to study the word of God. I have a pen uh, in my office. It has four colors, and uh, it has red and green, uh, black and blue. I use green to circle or underline the promises of God's Word. I use red for the warnings of God's Word. I use blue when it is a particular person that I really want to study or word that I'm interested in. You can use whatever system you want so that when you are studying, you are taking notes so that you can delve deeper into whatever it is. Listen, it's important. My relationship with the Word of God will determine if I'm going to be like that tree that is standing by the rivers of water and being fruitful in season, not withering away with the storms, and whatever I do ultimately will prosper. That's not automatic. It comes as I am guiding and guarding who I hang out with and what I'm thinking about most of the time. Here's the, here's the third one. Memorize. Memorize the Word of God. I need to be memorizing the Word of God. If I love it, I'll memorize it. If I like somebody, I remember their name, don't I? You, anybody here married? You remember the little minute things you used to remember? I hope you haven't forgot because you wanted to let that person know I loved them. You remembered everything about them. When I love God, I memorize his word. And you don't have to start with Esther 8 and 9, the longest Bible verse. Just start with, in fact, I memorized one last week, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. You can start there. That's a good one. I memorized another one in Philippians 4, rejoice evermore. Some of y'all looking at me, you can do that. I remembered another one in Thessalonians chapter 5, brethren, pray for me. Do y'all catch it? You don't have to remember the longest ones. Just start a little at a time and memorize. I remember my kids say, Dad, I can't remember that. That's too hard for me to remember. I said, okay. We get to dinner and I said, 
you know, when I'm trying to think of that uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, what is that song that comes on? I can't remember the words, and then they just, pop, 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 pop. I said, oh, you memorize that. I memorize what I want to memorize. Listen, Jesus said this to his disciples. The Spirit of God will bring back to your remembrance whatever I have told you, especially in your hour of need. But if I haven't memorized it, he can't bring back to memory. So I'm hurting myself when I am not memorizing. And again, start with something small, and you'll be surprised if you read it over and over, write it down, whatever you're trying to memorize, that it will get lodged in your soul, and like a thermostat, you can regulate what's happening, no matter what the outside pressures of life are. Here's what John 13, 7 says. If you know these things, that's memorizing them, blessed, same word, are you if you do them. But you first got to know them, and then you have to do them. Can I give you a last one? It is to meditate. And in his law, does he or she meditate, meditate, meditate day and night. Now, meditation does mean to turn things over in my mind, to think about it over and over, but it doesn't just mean to think about it over and over for no purpose. It means to think about it over and over on how to use it, on how to apply it. We get in situations in life. It could be with people. It could be places. It could be troubles. It could be trials. It could be at work. It could be at school. And I need to meditate, think about the Word of God. How does it apply in this situation? The Word of God is very practical. How do I apply it to this situation? He gave it to us so that we could use it because it works on our behalf if we use it. So I'm meditating. I'm thinking about it over and over. How do I use it in this situation? How do I use it in that situation? Because my inner happiness is dependent on my relationship with his word. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you can be a beginning Jesus follower, a maturing Jesus follower, but I have to examine where am I? <clears throat> can you remember that now? I'm not going to let you cheat. The thumb is for hearing. You got it. Amen. Because of that, I'm going to cut off the last four points I had. Now, let me, let me begin to close with this. When I'm hungry, I go to Kroger's. And I'm around all that food. They got a lot of food in Kroger's. And I'm hungry. And I'm standing there. But I'm surrounded by it and still hungry. So I do better than that. I buy them up the groceries, pay for them, put them in my car, take them home. And then I put them on the countertop. They are close to me. All of that food is just right close. And I'm still hungry. Just buying them does no good, does it? I say, you know what I need to do? I need to cook it. Or I need to ask Jacqueline to cook it. Well, whatever. Yeah. And then I can cook it and smell it. 
and it still does me no good. And then I can eat it, but don't like some of the taste and I spit it out. And it still does me no good. You know the only way that that food is going to do me any good is when I make a decision to swallow it. Are y'all listening to me? I can be surrounded by it. It could be close to me. I could eat it, don't like it, spit it out, but it will do me no good until I make a decision to swallow it. And when I swallow it, it then does the good that it's designed to do. Many of us have children. I don't know about you, but my children were young. They would say, I don't want to eat that broccoli. I don't like cauliflower. I don't want asparagus. I don't want Brussels sprouts. They just wanted cake, ice cream, and all of those sweet things, right? I said, I don't care what you want. You're going to eat this. You know why I said that? Because I knew whether they liked it or not, if they could ever swallow it, then it would do the good that it was designed to do. I hope you're listening to me. You know, when I hear the Word of God, I read the Word of God, and I'm memorizing the Word of God, I'm meditating on the Word of God, I'm studying the Word of God. I won't like everything that I read or hear or memorize or study or try to put into practice, but it doesn't matter if I like it or agree with it or even understand it. If I ever make a decision to swallow it, then it would do the good that it's designed to do. And that's what happens when I'm eating his word. Whenever I'm eating food and I put it in my mouth and I chew it and then I make a decision to swallow it, my epiglottis cuts off my trachea so then it's guided down in my esophagus and then it goes into my stomach and that's where the enzymes and acids begin to work and they begin to break down the foods and the nutrients and vitamins and phosphates and then distribute it to the capillaries in my veins and it gives me strength for that day's journey and I don't have to like it, I just have to swallow it. And so it is with the Word of God. And if I swallow it, it will do what it's designed to do. Amen. Amen. Let me close with this. The story is told of a little oak tree that asks a big oak tree. He said, big oak tree, what's the greatest lesson that you've ever learned? Is it that birds can come and nest in your treetops, among your limbs, and the joy that it brings for giving them a place to hide and be nurtured. The big oak tree say, no, that's good, but that's not the greatest lesson I've ever learned. Little oak tree say, well, is it that you are good for wood and you can provide shelter for humans or oxygen and they can breathe? He say, that's good, but that's not the greatest lesson I've ever learned. And little oak tree said, well, big oak tree, tell me. You've been here 100 years. What's the greatest lesson that you can teach me? He said, the greatest lesson I've ever learned, little oak tree, is that storms always pass. I've been around a long time. I may lose some limbs, but the greatest lesson I've ever learned is that storms always pass. I don't know where you are today. You may be right in the middle of a storm, 
But the psalmist says, when I have this relationship with the Word of God, I'm hearing His Word, I'm reading His Word, I'm studying His Word, I'm memorizing His Word, I'm meditating His Word, and you will be like a tree, a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, getting support that is unseen, so that you will be productive in areas of life you will not wither during the storms, or whatever you do will ultimately, it will ultimately flourish and be prosperous. I don't know what you're going through right now or what you will go through right now, but I do know if you have a relationship with the divinely inspired written word of God that leads us to the living word of God, Jesus Christ, that no matter what the weather is, you will be able to stand and say like that big oak tree, storms always pass. Amen. But it don't happen automatically. It happens based on my relationship, who I'm hanging out with, and what I'm thinking about most of the time will determine whether the outside pressures of life become the inside stresses of the soul. I'll let you go if you remember this now. So first, I need to be then you are a sharp bunch. <laughs> Gracious God, our Father, thank you so much for telling us what we need to know in order to have inner happiness contentment, peace in the midst of storms. Help us to be like a tree whose roots go deep in the water of your word. Help us not to overcommit and leave here saying, well, I'm going to do it every day. No, just do it more than you've been doing it and let it grow a little at a time. Thank you that you allow us the ability to a large degree to control the temperature in our souls. And may we have the kind of relationship with the Word of God that leads us to the living Word, Jesus Christ, so that when we are living on this earth, we can be fruitful, not wither during storms, and ultimately, whatever we do, we'll prosper and bring you glory, good to others, and growth to ourselves as we reach our highest potential. In the name of the King of kings and Lord of lords, even Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openness musical worship director at home. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship experience, visit the Hope Church Memphis YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.